Welcome to the Have You Met Her Yet podcast. This podcast highlights the accomplishments, confronts the uncomfortable, and addresses our most fascinating questions about women in the workplace. Who they are, what they do, why you should know them. Join me, your host, Lindsay Dunn, each week as I interview a new influential woman in the workplace. It is my passion to share their incredible stories. You can expect real conversations, lessons, and stories from Canadian women who are thriving in their industries. Have You Met Her Yet is brought to you by Pink Crown Creative, a Canadian creative agency and community. In this week's episode, I speak with Jasmine Ellis, who is the brand marketing lead at Lush Cosmetics North America. I can't wait for you to meet Jasmine. I hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you so much for joining us, Jasmine. Um, I'm excited to learn a little bit more about you today. Um, But before we begin, if you can maybe introduce yourself and share a little bit more about who you are, what you do, and how you got to where you currently are today in your career. We are going to need a long time to go through that. Um, So many levels. Uh, No, thank you for having me. My name is Jasmine Ellis. I am living in Vancouver, Canada. I work as a brand marketing lead at Lush Cosmetics and more specifically the North American team. And how I got here, um, there were a lot of standing up for myself, advocating for myself, being the loudest person in the room, knowing what I believe in, what I value in, and my lived experience and making sure that um, I was always listening to that within myself and I'm sure we'll chat more about that but yeah like truly is just it's through a lot of therapy as well I will say that (laughs) a lot of therapy (laughs) yeah I I bet um so branding what initially got you to where you are in your branding career how did that started maybe where did your interest or love or or passion come from um to be in that role right now I think my mom will always say when I was younger, I used to just always be full of creative ideas of how could I make somebody see someone. And I think, you know, throughout my life, I realized that was rooted in a lot of oppression and feeling like I was never seen. And so it started, you know, I always had the creative idea of what our senior t-shirts should be for high school to the fact of, you know, um, I worked for a company in fitness of, you know, uh, fitness instructors have a brand and how are you different and how are you allowing yourself to be a platform for people to see themselves in you? I just loved showcasing everyone and being inclusive. And I never really understood how that could be incorporated into my career until it did. And obviously that came to be in the last, especially in the last couple of years. And um, yeah, it's just, it's just really cool. My background is in PR. So I always just had like a view of what the world would see. But then, um, as I kind of moved for my career is like, okay, but how do we actually make it authentic and use that as like, I'm always trying to be a marketer for the good. And I do my best in things of making sure that I'm not marketing some like falsehood of this weird reality that, you know, we're living in and like this is truth. And um, I'm glad that the world is kind of coming to that point of asking for that and holding people accountable to be that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so how did things kind of start for you in your career? Um, was it always 
easy for you? Did you deal with tough times? Can you maybe share what that path kind of looked like and how you might've overcome some adversity or, or some struggles? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, I don't think, I mean, I went to school in Toronto. I think that was the best thing I ever did is it gave me power of seeing myself and other people, seeing myself and people I went to school with that I volunteered with that, you know, I worked for. Um, and then I'm originally from Edmonton. So after I moved back home, um, after college, I started working in agencies there and I was the only black person in a room. And, um, also a lot of times I like never had a female manager. Um, and I was always just never looked at unless it was like, Hey, we wanted to have a pretty face in a room to sell an idea. And that came out in ways of working for a company. I won't name them, but you know, being called dumb in an email that wasn't supposed to be sent to me and that um, I should be invited to an email. I mean, a meeting because um, I would help sell this to the black men they were trying to speak to, Um, to uh, working for a company when I first moved to Vancouver of, um, gosh, um, putting together a roster for casting for models for fitness brand and um, me having all shapes, sizes, colors on the sheet and being told that's just not the brand and me fighting for it and being fired the next day. So yeah, it's always been like, I just have never, I've tried, you know, I'm sure I was very silent when I was younger because I just wanted to have a job. <laughs> um, but then I realized that um, my voice mattered and I needed it to matter. And I wasn't, it's better to find somewhere that aligns with that rather than trying to feed this narrative that isn't healthy for anyone. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you mentioned, you know, you were silent when you were younger. What was the moment that made you start to speak up and be loud? Was there someone else that you had seen that did that? Was there a particular scenario that made you get loud? You know, what was that kind of moment that gave you that courage and um, kind of allowed you to to finally, you know, speak up and and not allow yourself to be mistreated anymore? Mm -hmm. Um, So I used to teach spin classes and uh, part of that was I found how easily I could connect with somebody in this space that was going through something And it was like my time to kind of share how I was feeling. So like it was this like therapy for myself, but I watched people look at themselves in a mirror in a different way. When I started talking about just being raw with yourself and owning it and finding their truth. And I was just like, am I kind of doing the same? And I remember it was just a time where, a lot of people around me and they were, you know, I knew people that were committing suicide and mental health was a thing. And I just like, it's like all, if all I have is 50 minutes with these people and I just need to tell them to believe in themselves and that someone cares about them, that's what I'll do. And so that's my class was really built on that of every class at the end. If nobody's told you that they loved you today, know that I do. And I want, and I made these connections with people that just really supported me. And then I knew that like, okay, I could have this effect on people um, 
I am a voice that could be heard. And so then I was like, you know, I need to bring this out into every aspect of my life and making sure anybody from like my friends to my family, to my partners, to my coworkers, um, you know, this is always a safe space, but it's also like, I want you to feel appreciated and feel seen and be heard and, you know, um, making sure that like, I'm also holding myself accountable to continue to like, I don't know, feel like I can do that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's really wonderful that those conversations have continued to change and open up for vulnerability um, in places like spin class. Again, like who would have known that those areas open up for that? I know when I go to yoga class as well, there's so many moments where I think, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm in therapy. Someone's just like telling me really kind things and allowing me to feel really great about myself. Um, so how did that kind of translate into more of a maybe professional corporate environment? Mm-hmm. Um, when I started working in marketing, I started working at different ag- digital marketing at, um, agencies. And this was back when like social media was being like, it was like the first steps of businesses actually using it professionally and as like a business driver. Um And so I taught myself everything to do with social media. And then as soon as it came to like picking a post to post on, you know, a retail's account, I was like, oh, this has so much power. And I remembered like little Jasmine growing up in a predominantly white community, never seeing herself. And so I was like, oh my goodness, I have the ability to work with brands to make sure that this doesn't happen for little, the next little jazz. Um, And I took that to heart. And, you know, if I never, if I don't think everyone should ever have to grow up and wait until they're in their mid twenties to ever feel seen or beautiful or whatever. And I was like, if that's one thing I could do with this, I will do it. And I'm, I like, even when I do like job interviews or I talk to anybody, I always preface by that, um, you know, like I won't change, like this is what you would be getting. And I think the fact that basically why I was fired from that first company that I worked with um, in Vancouver was truly the reason I was hired at Lush. And so I knew that this was going to be okay. I'm, I'm, they know, and they know, like, I will like challenge, you know, are we, staying true to that and um, making sure that, you know, things like the BLM movement and our commitments to that are like, we're still standing by that. And, but I'm in a place that I know I'm going to be supported. And so, um, yeah, I think it is, you have to find a profession that aligns with your values. Um, And also like, I'm constantly learning too. Like I'm always learning. And, um, I feel like it's my, like my little superpower that I can do on a daily basis is to like, give this back to the world. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I am happy to hear, um, you know, you were able to find your voice in those areas that you were able to be in positions, um, where you can showcase that diversity and inclusion, um, You know, a few years ago in 2020, a lot of brands were called out for not being inclusive, for not being diverse enough. Um, It's 2022, two years later, from a branding perspective, 
Have you seen a lot of change? Do you feel like it's gotten better? What is your sort of thoughts and feelings around when that happened? And, and, you know, fast forward two years, probably around this time right now, two years Mm -hmm. ago. Uh, I think there's like two phases to this. I think there are so many amazing black businesses and black leaders that have been lifted through this, um, which I didn't even think like to me, I honestly didn't even really think it was possible. And there it's like that, that's what I see has happened is that there are this, this this attention. And I don't even know if it's from brands. It's more so from the people of making sure that, you know, when the Kim Kardashian is ripping off of the black business owner, it's, we know, you know, it's like, that stuff I don't think would make such a headline a long time ago. Um, But I mean, I also, I model on the side and I would not be honest in saying that I haven't booked so many jobs for the sake of having my face there. And then I get there and nobody looks like me that's working on that team. And I've made it to like my agent that I won't work with certain brands because I know that. And so um, tokenizing, I think, has been a really big thing. And it's become like, you know, a trend um, where it's this external image is done. Like everyone's done a really great job. But I don't think this is being like fed into the inner workings of the business or the brand. And I think it takes work and I think everything happens overnight. But I think uh, people still need to kind of read between the lines a bit and um, not take everything at like face value because I see it. Um, And it's, uh, yeah, it still sucks. I don't want to just be a face to make somebody money. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, we got connected um, originally because I interviewed you for something and you know, I was just blown away by some of your stories and some of the accomplishments you've, you've had um, and a really kind of big game changer you did for the company that you currently work with. You know, you mentioned that you were a part of introducing black hair care for um, across the range of North America, which kind of continued to trickle out. Um, can you share a little bit more mm-hmm. about how that came about and what that looks like today? Oh, it's so cool. Um, yeah, this was like, this is if I, you know, I die tomorrow. This is what I just want everyone to talk about. <laughs> um, but it's the way everything I just felt the universe was aligned because we have a black product inventor based in the UK. Her name is Sarah Sango, and she is a brilliant mind. And when everything was happening, you know, and everyone's kind of looking within of what are we doing as a brand to change this narrative? And I think sometimes you just need to take like, what is your brand responsible for? You don't need to think you're not going to change the world, but what could you do as a brand to help move the needle forward? And we created this amazing black character range and Lush has never, I mean, we've never been prescriptive in the sense of, you know, saying black hair like wasn't included in our ranges, but there's just different needs and that's totally okay. It's like understanding and like learning 
And Sarah put together a product range that was built on like her family recipes and um, like stories. And it's all about her. It's just like this beautiful piece. And so this product collection just had so much power at, at, at the perfect time. And we also got to amplify voice within, which is like really cool. And I was on a campaign for Black History Month. And it was positioned to be separate. So there was supposed to be this launch with our hair care range, but then we were also supposed to do something for Black History Month that was around like Black culture and in learning about Black culture. And to me, this is my biggest pet peeve with brands is we constantly feel like these months are meant for everybody except for the groups we're speaking about. Right. And so that was my feeling is like Black History Month isn't about everybody. It's about the Black community and celebrating that. It's not, we shouldn't be, you know, bringing up trauma. And like, this is a month where it's dedicated to celebrate Black joy. And so that was my first intention of like trying to see how this is. This is like, are we speaking to the Black community that already knows this? We know that. So um, I positioned it as what if like this is our Black History Month is the awareness of this range and what this means to us and how exciting it is. And can we make a documentary? Can we make, you know, send this out to different media that we haven't been able to communicate to bring people together, have both spaces of, you know, um, talking about black hair and how amazing it is, is like, I never loved my hair my entire life. And that's the reality for a lot of black people and it's not okay. And so there's this hair journey that like every black person will go through everyone. And how do we contribute to that, of like really telling that story? And so we worked with an entire Black production team cast in Toronto and created a documentary called Naturally. And it was separated into parts and it was a bunch, every person had a different story about their hair. And um, I'll never forget, it was a woman and her two daughters and her speaking the truth of how she was assaulted for her hair and how she's now ingrained like something beautiful within her two daughters and listening to them truly say that they love their hair at such a young age was like I teared up as soon as I watched it because I was like I couldn't even imagine being that young and feeling that way so what an amazing moment and so this just then we had influencers chat with people from the business about doing hair tutorials with the product and Sarah was all over. And so that it was just such an amazing accomplishment about how you can integrate a campaign and it's still product, but there's just, there's this beautiful narrative that could be told. It's a moment where we could uplift something, um, how it continues now. Um, yeah. Why I was late for this call was because I was discussing my ideas of how we are reaching a black consumer for the next year and, you know, partnerships and opportunities and how do we earn the trust of this community and, you know, not just come in thinking that we know things, but like position ourselves as this is a process. We're not going to be perfect, but we need to, you have to be committed to it as a brand. We've made these commitments. And so where can we show up? What are the opportunities? And like, how is this going to contribute to like our business goals? 
Um, and never, and again, it's, it's not a moment. You have to create the momentum and that's kind of how we're working now. So there's some exciting possibilities to come with Lush. That's so great. I really love, you know, that you shared, this isn't a moment. This is something that's continuously going to be there. It's not just a checkbox, you know, okay, we've done black hair care next. Let's move on. Like, you're just going to continue to grow those stories. Mm -hmm. Um, I think with the documentary and with messaging like that, it will continue to ingrain in society and in black women that they can be prideful of their hair. They can be, um, you know, they can feel good about that. Whereas a lot of that dialogue is, is usually around that shame and, and, and all of sort of the negative things that are attached to that. So it's great that there's messaging that will see, you know, women are mm-hmm. able to look at that and, and think, oh, well, you know, maybe I can feel happy about this. Maybe I can feel prideful. And it's mm-hmm. so great that you have created something like that within your company. Yeah. And I will go even further. One thing that I forgot is like, we are a brand that, you know, advocates and creates action and demands action for things. And Dove created the Crown Act, um, which is focused on hair discrimination, where, you know, it was legal to fire people based off of their hairstyle, which is, you know, it's been over like in many states now, but Mm -hmm. um, that became this secondary piece to the campaign is let's jump on board and make sure that like the people that are seeing our content through this campaign are also understanding with why and like where the world is at and how we could possibly create change. And it's just an easy sell, you know, when you're able to like some people just, you would never know. Um, You know, obviously today is a whole other thing and that's, there's, the world is moving in a different direction than I think a lot of people's internal compasses are. And it's important to that, like, to thinking is like, okay, is my campaign meeting something that could also be uh, kind of like a channel for change as well? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, What would you say are some things that brands, you know, are still missing the mark on and that could, they could be doing that you're just not seeing yet Mm -hmm. or that has maybe stopped? I think... I miss brands being honest. I feel like a lot of brands are scared to be canceled. Um, And so like everyone is overthinking things rather than I think it's okay to screw up. It's okay if you have the mindset to take that as an opportunity to learn. Um, And so I miss like brands used to have such a like a character and a personality. And I feel like sometimes when I'm looking at the major brands, just like the same thing being positioned over and over different ways in creative is I miss that brand personality in a lot of ways. Um, And I also feel like for that to change, you need people in the room from all walks of life. Right. And I think things that haven't been done in a lot of brands is who is sitting at that table. Right. And you won't, fall suit to a lot of things if there's a bunch of people picking it apart and it's just like not everyone looks the same. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Um, one thing I want, I'm, I'm so intrigued about is I know, I knew, I noticed this year that Lush got rid of social media. 
Mm-hmm. What does that look like for a brand? Oh. How are you showing up? Where are you? Um, what does the messaging look like? Um, yeah, I'm so, I'm so, I know. I know. <laughs> Honestly, it, it happened so quick. I think I was like pulled into one meeting and it was done within like a week. So, and it was fun. We had just hired a social media manager <laughs> and his first day we had to let him know that this is happening. Yeah, it was wild. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's whole, I'm, I appreciate this so much, but blush is that they hold truth to the things that we say we have to also like walk. Yeah. You know, walk the talk of what we're saying. Um, and so if we felt like a, I don't like people don't realize it's like, it's one company that owns Instagram, Facebook, like, like that's insane. And there's this monopoly of not being able to feel like you have a say. And so like, if we created anything, it's up to what meta wants it to be, where it is displayed, um, who gets to see it like that. We don't have control over it. So um, it also, it's like our audience will be impacted of that, of the things that they're seeing. You know, we know that teen suicide is on the rise and it stems a lot from social media, bullying, like all of these things nothing is being done to stop it. So how could we like feed into this machine? Um, like I obviously know that there's like, it, it happens across it. And so I'm just glad that they took some sort of stance so that we can figure it out. Is like, I think there's conversations of how can we truly contribute to like a better narrative on social media and on the channels that we are on, it has adapted us into a new way of thinking. So things like we never even had time for. So we worked with like live shopping events. And so we've worked with a platform called Bamboozer where we get to like host our own like shopping network, which is really fun. And so that becomes like a key tactic we integrate through like our campaigns and we've seen tremendous revenue. Um, And things like YouTube being a platform of like content and series and that bigger storytelling and you know like changing what we can do and working with influencers and content creators to amplify voices plus like create a new way of thinking of like different ways that we can you know touch people and um get our brand out there and i won't lie like it's affected us um and yeah like a a lot sooner than i think we expected but it's also like driving us to a new way of thinking. And so it helps the brand evolve. And so we're constantly, like social isn't, you can't just post something on social with our millions of followers. You have to think creatively. And as a creator and a creative mind, I I enjoy that is, you know, it's not just an easy algorithm you can figure out is, no, you have to listen and really dive into your consumer and find new ways to do it. Well, I definitely don't think you're the last brand to do that. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's really cool to see, um, you know, a huge leader like Lush taking that step to do that and think creatively. Again, there's so many other avenues that you can be a part of. um, And it's, it's really cool to see that your team has dove into that, which is awesome. Yeah. We'll see where it goes. It's just, uh, yeah, I just think it's, it's, 
changed a lot of things and hopefully other people like instead I we listened to uh someone like talk about it I kind of like went in blindly and just like listened to like a chat of it was happening and um it was really cool to hear like psychologists talking about our decision and how instead of like tearing us down for the you know well what about this what about this is the fact that like it's rooted in good you know like it's not going to be perfect but we have to do something and um it the it's rooted in the fact that yeah kids are dying and that it's changing the way that people are living and you know how they feel seen and all of these things and so it's rooted in good and you know and hopefully that could be something that other brands think about as well yeah absolutely um do you have a professional mentor or anyone who inspires your career i think i I mean, to be honest, I haven't worked. I've always wanted somebody that looked like me. I uh, truly have struggled my entire life to ever really find that. But I think I have worked with so many amazing women. And um, our brand well, she's our old brand director, but her name is Brandy Halls. And she uh, has been with Blush forever. And she's absolutely phenomenal. And as she's also a person of color, she is an indigenous background. And I just, she's a badass. Like it's, she built, so like Lash never paid for advertising and she built the PR strategy for North America. And there's a reason why you know the brand is because of her and all the things that like people talked about is truly made from her. And um, she's unbelievable. And I think Lash is just one of those places I've never been surrounded by so many like-minded women um um, my manager is a man and he truly is surrounded by a lot of feminine energy and it's cool like I just learned so much from you know the other brand leads that I work with to our content team and we're just mini activists everywhere everyone has their own thing and so whether it be like politics to you know social injustice and social justice reform or gun reform or environmental like everyone has their thing that they're fighting for and I truly like Lush is a really cool spot to work yeah you'll learn a lot um do you have any advice for women getting into these roles of of marketing or branding um that you wish you would have known before you began in your career yeah I I truly would say hold boundaries because I think that's something I didn't do. It's so easy to be wrapped into this led by your emotion. Um, that again, at the end of the day, it's a job and don't let it take away from everything else. Um, because sometimes you just like, it goes like this. And then you realize, you know, I missed out on moments with my family, with my friends, with all of that. But then at the same time is use that to bring back into your work. You know, you have a market and who you're marketing to should really stem from like who you are and the people you surround yourself with. Right. Thank you for that. Um, So we're going to change things up a little bit. Um, We're going to go through a speed round of questions um, to kind of get to know you a little bit more. Uh, So just say whatever is on the top of your head, really. Do it. 
<laughs> um, what talent would you most like to have? Like a special talent or like anything? Sure. Anything, anything. <laughs> oh, if I could read someone's mind, that would be perfect. Ooh, yeah. That would be really great. <laughs> what is your greatest extravagance? Um, moving to, or like, moving to like at 19, I packed up my bags and did everything on my own, moved to a big city and didn't have a plan. <laughs> I love it. What is the worst piece of advice you've ever been given? To shut up. Oh, <laughs> and know when it's your place to talk. Oh God. Awful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, what is one thing that you wish you would learn or sorry, what is one thing that you'd like to learn more about? Uh, I'd like to learn more about the science behind beauty. I know a little bit, but that's something that's on my list of learning more about the science behind hair and skin. Cool. What is your favorite rainy day movie? Hmm. Uh, Breakfast Club. Or uh, yeah, I have a thing for Molly. Um, or yeah, sixteen candles probably. Oh, such good ones. Love I know. It. Um, what is one place that you want to travel in the next year or so? Croatia. And actually, I did in twenty three and Me, and I found out my sister found this out that we're uh, Nigerian. So Nigeria is on the list too oh. in the next couple of years. Yeah. Ooh, very, very cool. Mm -hmm. What is one quality you love most about yourself? Hmm. I think uh, my drive, a lot of drive. If you can invite three people to a dinner party, who would they be? <laughs> I've asked this question, but I've been waiting for it. <laughs> Oprah, Obama, and Beyonce. <laughs> love it. Powerful yes. cable. Yeah. <laughs> Um, how would you like to be remembered? Oh. The person that fought for me. I love yeah. that. And the last question I always ask all my guests is what is your favorite thing about being a female? Oh, I love our emotions and the way we see the world. I think it is credited to all this negative things for women or but to be honest like my partner I talk about all the time the way I see it is something beautiful is like noticing the things that a lot of people never notice and feeling things that a lot of people never feel and yeah as a woman you get to do a lot of that very true we have big feelings that's mm -hmm. for sure mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly well, thank you for sharing all of your story today. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to leave our audience with today? I would just say that, you know, like, just remind yourself, it's so hard to always try to, you know, you're not doing it enough. You're not, there's always something more. And just reminding yourself, sit in this moment of where we're at. <laughs> Don't be so hard on yourself. That's what I, I think we all should just kind of sit with for a little bit. I love that. Thank you so much. Where can we find you? Okay. I think all of my channels are at Jasmine Ellis, um, J-A-S-M-Y-N-E-L-L-I-S. -L -L okay, great. Um, we will share that. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it.
Thank you for having me. It was such a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, please subscribe, rate, review, and share it with a friend who you think might enjoy it too. These small actions truly mean the world to a small business owner like myself. You can also stay up to date with the latest podcast releases, behind the scenes, and insider info about each guest by following us on Instagram. If you are interested in being a guest or learning more about our sponsorship and partnership opportunities, I would love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening. It truly means the world. We wish you a wonderful week and hope that it is filled with creativity and love.